Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Saint Cecilia Carlos Moderna, come in. Come in. Your Holiness. It's good of you to get here so quickly. I've scarcely slept, scarcely breathed since I heard. Yes, she's here, just arrived. I wanted you by my side. Ah, you've not seen her? Not yet. When we entrust the great Carlos Moderna with a piece of marble, we have no misgivings. It was an exquisite block of marble, Your Holiness. And the sculpting of it will be just as exquisite. We know your work. Shall we together view the lovely lady? Uh, may I, uh, may I remove the cloth, Your Holiness? If you will. Yes, Holy Father. Well... Well, uh, what does your holiness think of it? Well, uh, you think well of it? I did not say that. Ah, you think ill of it. Nor did I say that. Then what? Beautiful. Thank you, your holiness. But... But, your holiness? I respect you highly as an artist... But why in the name of heaven did you sculpt the blessed St. Cecilia in such a pose? It was the way I saw her, Your Holiness. Strange. Very strange. You must have seen the painting of St. Cecilia that hangs in Bologna by the great Raphael. I have gone to Bologna many times, especially to see it. Raphael painted her seated at the organ. 
Everyone knows his St. Cecilia at the organ. When our Academy of Music was founded here in Rome in 1574, everyone acclaimed her its patroness without a second thought. The great Raphael, elected to interpret the great saint at the beginning of her martyrdom, Holy Father. I, at the end. I'm not suggesting that you should have copied Raphael's oil in marble. No. No, nothing like that. Still... If your holiness will be patient with me, I shall try to explain all that went through my mind as I took up the chisel. There was no detail of Cecilia's life that was not familiar to me. As you well know, she was of a noble Roman family. Her father was a senator. Though his daughter was a Christian from infancy... Still, he betrothed her at an early age to a youth named Valerianus, who was a pagan. I could see in my mind's eye the wedding as a very grand occasion, with hundreds of Roman nobles sharing the wine, the revelry, the dancing, and the music. And Valerianus, so recently a bridegroom, stood flushed and happy in the midst of the gay crowd. And then, as I see it, was approached by his brother, Tiburtius. Well, brother bridegroom, where's the bride? Well, she was just here. She slipped away. So soon? You'll have to keep a tight hold on her, brother. No need. We're together. We're one. Neither has to hold fast to the other. Nothing can separate us. Nothing? You think I'm talking wildly, don't you, Tiburtius? I think you're in love. I am in love. No man has ever been so in love. Every man has felt so who is in love. Oh, don't mock me, Tiburtius. I don't mean to mock you. I think I love beyond all I've ever known or read or heard of love. Wherever my Cecilia is at this very moment, my mind is with her. I believe you. You think I'm standing with you here drinking this wine, but that's not so. This is my body standing here, that's all. I said I believed you. I do believe you. Don't mark me, Tiburtius. Come now, Valerianus, don't be touchy. I'm your brother. I know how you feel. You couldn't know. Ah, but I could. You know why? You couldn't know. Had things been different, I would be standing all flushed as you waiting for Cecilia, thinking of her as I talk to you. You love Cecilia, too? I could have loved her if she had not loved you. But you don't love her now. Don't be alarmed, brother. Your bride is all yours. Whatever love I have now for Cecilia is my love for her as my brother's wife. I believe you. Good. Because I have told you the truth. Now, where do you think she is? Not far away. No. Not far away. You feel it, too? Yes, brother. Listen.
is that. Listen. It is she, Cecilia. She is playing now. What? What is she playing? Some strange music of her church. Some haunting melody from her remarkable church. She is a Christian? Yes. She is a Christian. of her wedding feast, she had substituted herself for the organist, and for the music of the wedding feast, she had substituted the music of Christ's church. And this is the moment Raphael chose to paint? Yes, Father. This supreme moment in the life of the blessed Saint Cecilia, when her future lay before her as wife, as mother, as one of the great ladies of ancient Rome, this was the moment she chose give herself to God. This is the moment, as you say, Raphael chose to paint at the very inception of her martyrdom. Continue, Mother Anna. I should like to hear how you chose your moment. Ah, ah, your holiness. I am grateful to have the opportunity to tell you. After the wedding celebration, when Valeriana sought his bride in their chamber, he found Cecilia on her knees before the statue of the Blessed Virgin, her eyes uplifted and a glorious radiance suffusing her face. So exalted did she seem that the bridegroom stood silent, gazing at his beloved until she finished her devotions and turned to him. Valeriana. How beautiful you are, I've never seen you so beautiful. Valeriana, I've something to tell you. My beautiful bride. Stay there, I beg of you, till you've heard what I must tell you. Oh, my dear, I hope you will not be hurt by what I have to say. I love you, my most beloved wife. No, Valeriana, it's not your wife. What are you saying? I am betrothed to another, to one not of this world. Hear me to the end. I had never meant to distress you. But now it cannot be helped. Tell me what you mean, Cecilia. I will believe whatever you say. I will do whatever you want. I would die for you, my darling. Oh, no, not die for me, Valerianus. Live with me. In Christ. Is that what you want? Do you want me to become a Christian? Oh, yes. I am willing. More than willing. Your strange new religion has touched me, too. It reaches into my heart and touches the deepest and best that is in me. I will become a Christian, if that is what you want. What God wants, Valeriana, and what you want, too. It's not simple or easy to be a Christian. I've never wanted what was simple and easy. You know that. I do know that. And therefore I can ask of you that together we serve Christ that we work to save ourselves, that we may win our way to everlasting life. That is what I ask of you, my bridegroom. Cecilia, when did the vision appear to you? Was it tonight? Yes, tonight. 
Was it when you left my side and went towards the organist? Yes. How did you know? I can't tell you how I knew. But my soul followed you as you crossed the room. Tiburtius came to talk and drink with me. But my thoughts were all with you. Then Tiburtius asked where you were. And I said to him, she's not far away. Because that is the way I felt. That you could not possibly be far from where we stood. I felt your presence so strongly. Dear husband. And Tiburtius said, my brother said, as though his thoughts were identical with mine. No, not far away. Then I put my hand on his arm and said, listen. And we both stood very still. And the music stopped. I asked the organist to give me his place. But you see, you see, I knew that second before you started to play, I knew you were moving towards something. And at the same time, moving toward me. Not away from me, but toward me. I was moving toward something, Valerianus. Toward a wonderful communion with God. But not away from me. Oh, Cecilia, I see now what your vision meant. Not just for you, but for me, too. It meant that I must move with you to whatever end, whatever fate. Not away from you, my beautiful, my holy one, but with you, always. husband, Valerianus, become a Christian, but her brother-in-law, Tiburtius, as well you know, your holiness. Praise God, they became so. But so gladsome were the brothers in their newfound religion, and so widely did they preach of the new joy they had discovered, that they soon came under the stern examination of Tertius Almachius, one of the emperor's prefects. You, Valerianus, and you, Tiburtius, I've known you both since you were children. It's incomprehensible that you could have deserted the faith of your forebears. Only to find a new faith, Helmachius, a faith to pass on to those who come after us. This Christianity is a novelty, a passing thing of no importance. Do not speak of Christ's church in that contemptuous manner, Helmachius. We stand ready to die for the faith that has given us promise of life. What kind of faith promises you life and gives you death? The faith that makes death the only triumphant moment of life. The final victory. The last blinding flash of light that illuminates all that has gone before. Come, come, boys. We are not boys. We are men. Put us to the test. You will discover what sort of men we are. Do not ask me again, or I may do it. You are men, you say, but you are very, very young. I am more than twice your age. I am a prefect of our great emperors. Would you not die for your emperor? Of course. Would you not die for your father? Answer, Amachius. Of course I would. Then think, Amachius, think what it means to us to die for our father who is in heaven. A father who sacrificed his only son for us. A father who is father to our father. A father whose kingdom is so great and so large 
that the Roman Empire is not even as broad as a bird's wing or the print of a horse's hoof compared with it. Think what it means to die for an emperor and a father like that. You are intent upon dying. To die is to live, Elmachis, if one dies in the true faith. I have tried to spare you. I have said all I can say. And we have answered you. Yes, you have answered me. So be it. Maximus. My lord. You have heard them? Yes, my lord. Take them away. Kill them. Take a soldier with you. Take uh, Quintinus here. Uh, Quintinus, go with Maximus. Yes, my lord. Cut off their heads. And Maximus, the officer of the prefect, and Quintinus, the soldier, did indeed take them away. And they were killed. Yes. So they were martyred. Go on with your story, Mother. Yes, Your Holiness. The soldier, Quintinus, returned to Almachius, the prefect, pale and shaken. My lord! My lord! Quintinus! What has happened? Where is Maximus? He would not do it. I had to do it. I had to do it myself. Do what? What did you have to do? He would not kill them. He would not kill the two Christians. And he would not give me the order to kill them. What are you trying to say? He said that God would not let him raise his hand against them. God would not let him speak, he said. God? What God? What God did he mean? The God of the Christians. Maximus is no Christian. He died a Christian. What? Maximus is dead? When he would not kill them... And when he would not give me the order to kill them, I killed them. But you say Maximus is dead, too. As the brothers fell, he cried out, I believe. And I I hardly knew what was happening or what I was doing. I, I turned and killed him, too. And then as he lay on the ground, he turned his face toward the two brothers and said... He said, help me, help me. I do not know the words. Words? What words? Strange words. I had not heard them before. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them? What does that mean? I do not know the meaning. But both brothers said it, and then Maximus said it. Father, forgive them. Then... Lying on the ground, soaked in their blood. They died. They died. You tell the story well, Carlos Maderna. The bodies were buried in a common grave. But the next day, they had disappeared. All three, Maximus... Bertius and Valerianus. Cecilia took the bodies as though it is impossible to believe that anyone else could have done it. At any rate, that is what the emperor's prefect, Almachius, believed. And he ordered that Cecilia be brought before him, where she was made to face the soldier Quintinus. All three said, Father, forgive them. 
Then all three looked at the sky and died. Praise to Almighty God who has taken them to his heart. It was not enough that you corrupted your husband, Cecilia, and that you and he together corrupted your brother-in-law. You went further and corrupted an officer of the Emperor's prefect. It grieves me that you should think that I corrupted anyone, Almachius. Do you deny that you turned them into Christians? If I helped them, I am humbly grateful. Do you deny that you took their bodies from their graves? Their bodies lie in consecrated ground. Their souls are with God. All of it is your doing. Why do you magnify my powers, Almachius? They are small, but gods are great. I can have you killed for what you've done, Cecilia. I know. You're not afraid? Was Valerianus afraid? Was Tiburtius afraid? Maximus, your soldier whom I never knew, was he afraid? None of them was afraid. Thank you, Contrinus. And I am not afraid. Go home. Go home, woman. While I consider what must be done with you. I shall pray for you, Almachius. Go home. Pray for yourself. And for you, Quintinus. I shall pray for you, too. Uh, what's to be done, Quintinus? Well, I, I'm only a soldier, Almachius. I wait for your order. You didn't wait for an order to kill Maximus. No, everything was so strange, so unexpected. I did not what need... What you did to... was right. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say so, Almachius. You need official approval, don't you? Uh, I'm only a soldier, after all. After all. But the three who died, whose approval did they seek? I don't know. I suppose they hoped their God would approve of them. I don't think so. I think they sought only their own approval. To Christians, it seems to matter only that they should approve of themselves. That's what makes them so difficult to deal with. I've decided what to do with the Christian woman. Cecilia? By the gods, I'll make her suffer. She lives in that great house near the Forum. I know where she lives. Spy out at what hour she bathes. Inquire of the servants. Bribe them if you must. Then take a detachment of soldiers with you, and when the woman is in her bath, then you must do exactly what I tell you. God, she cannot live much longer. The steam must choke her soon. The heat must be greater than any mortal can bear. Have more wood. Bring more. 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 But she lived, Holy Father. Cecilia lived. Though the heat rose and rose and the steam collected in her bath till it must have blinded her and seared the skin from her body, still she lived. And the soldier, Quintinus, was half mad with his failure and sobbing with rage when he ran back to the prefect. Elmachus! She will not die! She will not die! What are you babbling, Quintinus? Uh, Catch your breath, man, and say plainly what you mean. Cecilia, the Christian woman... I told you to... I did what you told me to do! 
and we heated her bath to a temperature no mortal could stand, and we kept it there, hour after hour. But she would not die. Don't be my witness. She would not die. Tennis, listen to me. Listen to me. I'll go back to her house. Kill her. No matter how. Kill her. And so, Your Holiness, the soldier Quintinus returned to the home of Cecilia, where the saint still lay in her bath. Soldiers still guarded the door, and others piled more wood on the fires to raise the steam still higher, and still she lived. Stand back! Stand back from the door! Open the door! Ah, The steam! The steam! How can she live? Father, forgive her. Father, forgive her. She still lives. Father, forgive her. She will not die. Father, she still lives. Die, woman. Die, woman. Die. She's dead. Show me the way out of here. Show me. But she was not dead. Three times, Maderna. Three times he struck at her throat with his sword. But still she lived. For three days after. Yes, Holy Father. And during those three days, the blessed Saint Cecilia made arrangements for her great house to be converted to a place of worship for the Christians of Rome. And so it was. Pope Urban himself came to her bedside, and all arrangements were completed. Well, there now, I begin to see now why you chose to carve the statue of Saint Cecilia in this manner. I saw her in the last moments of her martyrdom, Your Holiness. Raphael depicted her at the beginning of her martyrdom, I at the end. You were right, Moderna. Thank you, Your Holiness. I must tell you, Moderna, we've long believed that 600 years ago, Pope Paschal had the relics of Cecilia, Valerianus, Tubertius, and Maximus reinterred under the high altar of the Church of St. Cecilia in the Trastevere district of Rome. This year, Cardinal Sfondato had the high altar removed. Beneath it, we did indeed find the tomb containing the relics which Pope Paschal had certainly placed there. When the altar is put back, Moderna, your statue will stand just above the tomb, the Church of the Blessed Saint Cecilia. to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. 
We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.